It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Gina Gardner and Friends. My guest today has been a friend for a long time. She is an amazing lady, businesswoman, entrepreneur. She's a photographer extraordinaire, if she can make me look good, then she's really got to be good. <laughs> and the whole theme of today is that life's too short. So Sally Parkinson, also known as Sparkles, <laughs> welcome. Tell us a bit about you. Uh, hello. And um, yes, thanks for having me on. Um, a bit about me. Well, uh, where do I start, really? A bit about me is that um, I'm now a photographer and uh, self-employed with my studio and everything at home but you know um, and, and, and everything's great in that respect but it's been quite a journey getting here and uh, there's been quite a lot of life lessons along the way so um, a bit about me is that um, yeah I, I live in Braintree in Essex I have uh, my partner here and, and two cats and my studio in the in, in the garden uh, where I welcome families uh, newborns babies all sorts of things animals uh and photography is my life it's interesting because you've been a photographer all the time that i've known you but i know life was very different before then and our theme is all about life's too short mm -hmm. so before you were a photographer what was going on well we we don't have all day um <laughs> but um i've had quite a number of different um different careers if you like but all all in a all in a similar trait to, for, to a certain extent um, up until around 2006. So um, very briefly after leaving school, I went to hotel school. I did hotel management course um, and then got jobs in hotels. That taught me a lot about people and how to handle people and different types of people. All that It was incredibly good grounding for, for life, really. Um, after that, I um, went into the events industry and oh, I also worked on a cruise ship for a couple of years ago as well. That's another story. Um, 
yeah, and all that experience led to my um, working in the events industry um, and me eventually getting a job in a place where I was very miserable. You know, there are so many people, aren't there, who are doing a job because they want the paycheck but mm. find it soul-destroying, boring, just not who they are, and they feel trapped because how will I pay my bills? I mean, mm -hmm. how did you manage the transition, bearing in mind that you went from a, a salary to starting up your own business, which is always tricky? It was a massive shock, actually. Um, and it's not until you get to the end of the month and you don't get that paycheck um, that you realise uh, quite <laughs> quite how much in the doo-doo you personally could be, you know. Um, but I, 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 my, my life in hotels, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the bars and this job was a corporate on the corporate side of things. And when I was at the events, I was really happy and enjoying it. But I didn't like the office life. It just wasn't me. And um, I, I've never clock watched so much in my life. And I just knew that I had to get out. On the other side of the coin, I always had an interest in photography and wanted to um, set up a studio. Um, I moved house. I lived on my own at the time. I moved house and there was a garage at the end of the garden. And I thought, uh, I'm not going to put a car in there. I'm going to set that up as a studio. So I took myself off on a course. I was still employed at the time. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just became so incredibly miserable and unhappy in that job. I mean, my weekends were ruined because it was just dread the dread of going in on that Monday morning. So uh, I took the plunge. I put my mortgage on a, um, a payment holiday. I don't know if you can still do that, but I put it on like two or three months. So I didn't have that worry. And then I, and I left. <laughs> and I can't quite believe I did it now. But I remember sitting on the stairs in my house thinking, I can't do this anymore. So I'm, um, I left. And... Um, Yes, it was hard. Um, I got little jobs in hotels. I, I cleaned bedrooms and did some chambermaiding for a while. Um, you know, waitressing. I had those skills. I did anything I could just to get sort of get by. Um, and gradually, very gradually, I kind of climbed out of that. I then got myself a part-time job uh, working for a local um, events um beautiful uh, Leomani Tower it's a, a Tudor building um they have weddings and events there and I got myself a part-time job there so that gave me a bit of security and I was back in and uh, you know in an in in environment that I was happy in so um I did that for four years um and in 2010 they uh the, the owner said to me something's got to change because I was very much trying to balance the photography and this job um, and something had to give. And I thought, well, I've got this far with my photography. I, I need to just bite the bullet. So I did. And um, 2010, I went full-time photography. You know, all the time I've known you, you've been so creative about finding different markets uh, where your photography is going to work. And I know you've got a particular uh, affinity with children, I think probably because... At times you can be quite childlike, <laughs> and you like. It's got to be. Life's too life's too short to be serious. It is indeed. Um, but you do some amazing things with with newborns and with you know very small children with cake smashes on their birthdays and just all sorts of different ways of being creative. Where do you get your ideas from? 
Uh, well, all of those ideas aren't aren't brand new ideas. Um, but what a lot of it is really is being able to get that affinity with people. So especially children. So I have I had people come in saying, oh, you know, my child, I, I, you know, they won't smile for the camera. And I, I don't worry about things like that. I said, don't worry, we'll just have fun. We'll just have a game. We just make it very silly. I'm called Silly Sally as well, not for... <laughs> uh you know and that's not wrong you know I have to be very silly so sometimes I'll do a day at a nursery and it's utterly exhausting because by the end of it I feel like I'm the entertainer but if you don't if you don't entertain and be very silly with the under fives then you you can't expect them to just sit and look at the camera so that's what I do every every shoot is is almost like a performance really well, I know in your spare time that you are a very good actress and that you do amateur dramatics. I've been to see you on many occasions uh, and uh, you've fulfilled lots of different roles. So I suppose it's two sides of the same coin. It is. It is, it is like a performance. And um, I do actually a lot more photography now for the theatre. Um, I'm, I'm not on the stage as much these days. I am actually photograph the productions at a couple of theatres locally. Um and I think one of the reasons they 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 like it is the fact that I have been on stage and I can anticipate the action, so I can I can grab it. I kind of can feel what's going to happen. I have, have a good feel for the theatre. But in the, in the studio, yeah, it's it's really about um, it, you have got to keep it fresh, and and it's not just about getting new ideas. It's it's the photography, yes, but it's about um, especially nowadays with a lot of competition around, it's about making people feel special, feel important, doing something a bit different, um, not being exactly the same as everyone else, finding your own niche and, and why people want to book me because I'm me and not because I'm just a photographer, if that makes sense. I think um, it makes perfect sense. And not just as a photographer, I think that's true for anybody who's in business. It's how do you stand above the crowd really yeah um more recently i've incorporated a big four foot white box into my studio which makes a huge compilation of um of different images so like nine images will, will join together it's quite hard to explain <laughs> without any visuals but um it's something a bit different it's not something i've invented it's something i've seen and i've loved and my clients love it and they come in um, and jump in the box before they then go into their main shoot. So everything's really um, natural and relaxed and it's it's fun. Um, they We use it to tell the family story ultimately. So I've had people doing baking in there, cracking eggs, firing Nerf guns, all sorts of things. It's just a bit silly, which is perfect because so am I. We're going to go to a short break. When we yep. come back, I really want to talk about perhaps more seriously yeah. Why you think, or why we both think, it's so important that you grab life by the throat and you live every moment. So don't okay. go away. We're going to come back in just a minute and we're going to carry on the conversation. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker, new from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. Meet Rajat. He started his class as WhatsApp group and became super popular. Hey, I was always popular, huh? 
timetable changes, celebrating class cancellations, rehearsal updates, sharing notes, farewells, crying over surprise tests. Everything happens on the group. Rajat may be the admin, but he's never really had to act like one. Except today. Are you really sure that this is true? No, man. It was a forward, so I no, thought. Rajat patiently right? explained that such messages could create tension and turn people against each other. I mean, it's dangerous. Please don't do this again, yeah. Or else I'll have to remove you from the group. Come, let's go get some dosa. And then Come. it was time for the college fest, yeah. Be like Rajat. Share joy, not rumors. Welcome back. So Sally, I know that um, you've had some challenges over the years, in particularly in terms of the care of your mom. Mm-hmm. What lesson have you learned from um, having to support your mom who had dementia in terms of living life fully? Um, oh, where do I start? It It does put life into perspective when something major happens like that I mean there aren't many people I've met now who haven't had or or know somebody with dementia you know and that's really opened my eyes as to how many people are are dealing with this um mum was diagnosed in 2014 I I knew something was slightly wrong the years leading up to that and uh getting her to the doctors was was quite a challenge she was um quite a strong lady but um yeah going back really she she cared for my dad for years okay so what I've learned there's a lots of lessons here um my dad died in 2006 he had Parkinson's disease and my mum's bless her she looked after him and cared for him right to the very end and she was extremely stressed the whole time and I would support her as best I could Knowing what I know now, I think there is support out there that potentially she could have had, but she didn't really know where to go or where to look, didn't have the benefit probably of everything we've got on the internet nowadays and and all those sorts of things. So, yes, that was tough. But what she used to say is when he when he'd gone, um, that's it, I'm going to spread my wings. I'm going to do things. She liked to – she was a rambler. She loved to, to walk and travel. She was going to do all of those things, and she didn't. And I, I never really got to the bottom of why. I really tried to in, encourage her to do that. Um, she went on a couple of holidays, but then she went very into herself and very, and I, I don't know whether that was the dementia or or her confidence. She wasn't the most confident person. Um, but she, yeah, she just seemed to lost lost her purpose in life. So purpose, have a purpose. It's really important. You know, I've known people, I can think back when I was a, a, a head teacher or a principal, my site manager and his wife were always talking about what they were going to do when they retired. Yeah. And sadly, three years before they were due to retire, mm-hmm. his wife died of cancer mm-hmm. and they never did it. And it taught me a huge lesson that actually, you know, we keep putting things off, we'll do it when. And the reality is that the when may never come. Yeah. And I can I can contrast that with my brother who suddenly dropped dead at the age of 49. And the difference, I think, was that he lived his life every day full on, 
he didn't put stuff off. He, you know, if he wanted to explore and do something, he found a way to do it. And although his life was cut dramatically short, I always felt that he had lived his life as long as it was, absolutely to the maximum. Mm. And I look at my own life and think, you know, am I putting things off? Am I making excuses rather than grabbing life by the throat? Because we only have the now that we've got at this moment, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And um, funnily enough, my partner and I have had a, a, a similar conversation many times because his dad his dad is, is still alive but doesn't really do anything with his life. And he knows people that say, when I retire, I want to do this, when I retire. And he he said for years, why why wait till then? Do it now. Why are you waiting? And, it, it, okay, some things require time and a lot of things require money, but it's not all about money. And my focus has really changed. Yes, we need money to live, but we don't need, you know, we can we can be efficient with our money. We can be, uh, don't have to be frugal, but we can, we can prioritise what's important. And not everything costs money. We've just had a holiday in the UK. Um, we have, he's converted a little van. We go off in that. Um, it, it's not an expensive trip. Going out for a long walk isn't isn't an expensive pastime. You know, it's it's about grabbing and going out and doing the things you love to do, and not waiting. I think that's such an important lesson. And for me, there is something around. Lots of people equate doing things with the big expensive holidays or the expensive yeah. meals or the buying of stuff. And mm. I think one of the things that I've noticed talking to people since the pandemic is how many have reassessed what's important in life and mm. have recognised that it is people and the experiences that we have day by day that really make the difference. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I'm not interested in presents, birthday and Christmas presents anymore. I haven't been for quite a long time. I'm more interested, especially since the pandemic, you know, spending time with people. That's more important than anything. Than I don't need stuff. <laughs> you know, those, those experiences, are, are, you know, the things you do together, I think, are, are, I think are far more valuable. And of course, I take plenty of photographs of any of these things. So I've always got... <laughs> I've always got plenty of photographs to look back on, which is what my brand is all about, really. It's about being able to look back and remember. Uh, having those memories is very precious. We're mm. going to go to another break now. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Oh, not again. Hey, Mrs. Deer, what you doing standing in the middle of the road? Oh, sorry, Ranger. Was I doing that again? Yeah, yeah, you were. Well, I was just on my way home when I saw your headlights, your beautiful, shiny headlights. Hey, snap out of it. What is it about headlights? So, Ranger, you're working late. Yeah, I was over at Smokey Bear's house. We were talking about how to get people to be personally responsible for the fires they start. You mean people aren't being responsible? Most are, but sadly, some are. Oh, so what are you going to do? Radio. We're going to make some entertaining radio commercials that remind people to be careful. I like that. Oh, you could make one with a deer and a ranger discussing how people should be responsible. Nah, it's been done. If you start a fire, put it out. Remember, only you can prevent wildfires. A public service message from Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester. 
We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back. Sally, you know, we were talking about don't wait and, you know, what's important. The people are important and experiences are important. So let me ask you, what for you now, what are the things that you still want to do? What are the things that you're focusing on for the now? Um, nothing major, really. We're doing a little bit of work in the house. Um uh, my weekends, my time was a lot of was taken because we lost mum in April this year. Um, so it's finding my new, uh, my new, my finding myself again in a way. Um, so I, I hadn't realised how consume all consuming that it was. Even though my mum was in a, an amazing care home, I would still go and see her. There would still be that guilt if I didn't go. She didn't know if I'd been or not. You know, she used to just sit and smile, which was amazing. Of course, I'm, I was very lucky there. But um, so sometimes on a Sunday, I think, oh, I, I've achieved that, this and that. And I've been for a bike ride. What did I use? Oh, yes, that's what I used to do. You know, so it's fine. It's it's finding my hobbies and the things I like to do again um, and making sure that, um, say, my other half now he used to work shifts. He now has the weekend free. We have we have a bit of of time for us now. So I, I try and keep that time clear and make sure that we do something that's, you know, together. Um, travel is always a high on our list. We like to go to places, not necessarily far and wide, just, you know, enjoy. The UK has got so much to offer, um, you know, countryside wise. Um, I've been on a couple of retreats as well. I went one on, in March and I loved it. So I've got another one booked next March and, uh, I almost need to put my mum's mouth where my mouth, where my mum's mouth was. I can't, you know what I mean? It's basically, she kept saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and never did. So I now have to say I'm doing it and actually do it because I think think that's the key. If people are listening to this, I want you to consider what are those things that you've said you'd always like to do and Mm. what can you do to make those happen and I think sometimes rather than saying oh I can't do that because setting the intention I'm going to do that I don't Mm. know how but I'm going to find a way if it's that important I'm going to find a way to do it but I want to spend the last few minutes of the show you know exploring the fact that it's not about doing only it's about how you turn up moment by moment in life it's how you are being and one of the things that I've always enjoyed about spending time in your company is how you very much take what's going on now and find a way of making it fun and enjoying it that Mm -hmm. you have that playful and I'm I'm not being rude when I say childlike. I think it's a great. <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> a, a great compliment because you see the awe and wonder in the world that you're always looking with your photographer's eye and and you know looking at that beautiful tree or the the wonderful mm. skyline and making the most of every moment. Is that something that you? do natural have done naturally or is it something that you've that, that experience has learned uh taught you sorry my terrible language uh, has taught you mm. i think it's just become more in my conscious mind 
I think it's interesting because my brother and I are quite similar in in that respect. He he as well always looks for the the positives. The he's a real go getter, you know. And and I just think um, we especially we spoke a lot in lockdown because he would join us on um, FaceTime with mum. So we'd have a lot of catching up, which was nice. And because he lives in Spain, he doesn't live in the UK. Um, so. Uh, we realise that we're both of the same ilk, actually, and we're both quite um, positive, forward-thinking. I mean, God, let's, I'm not going to lie. I don't get out of bed every day and go, yeah, amazing, the world's amazing. Not at all. But what I've learned is that I can be in control of me and that uh, um, I can go out and just breathe for a couple of minutes. I know when I need to take myself off for a walk. I, I, I know when... Maybe I'm, I'm not in the place I want to be and how how to make myself get back there. Exercise is a huge thing for me. Um, got myself a spin bike during lockdown because I couldn't get to a gym or anything. I hate spin classes, but uh, all of a sudden I'm addicted to it. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, that's really important for my mental well-being. Absolutely. So I wouldn't say I'm up there all the time, but I'd like to think that I am uh, a positive thinker and look for the look for the best and look for the good in everything and lockdown gave us you've got a yes it was pretty dire but all I could do was look there he's got to be a positive here somewhere um so use the time use the time that we had and it's valuable it's a great lesson for life I think and I I believe that there are many people out there struggling living from a place of fear and the trouble with fear is it puts you into a completely unresourced state. And if fear and anxiety were going to make things better, I'd say go for it. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They make it worse. Mm-hmm. I just wonder in the, you know, what your advice would be to somebody who's perhaps um, has a parent or a, a partner um, a, a, or a, a loved one who has dementia. And that's a real challenge. What are the pieces of advice that you would give to help them manage what can be so difficult? Yeah, you need extreme patience, um, which I did lack in. I've got to be honest. I mean, nobody's perfect. Don't think don't think for a second I used every moment was patient with mum. It wasn't. It's really hard, you know, and and actually um, be honest with yourself. Don't feel very hard to say don't feel guilty if you have a, a bit of a short moment with that person, because what you're doing is an amazing job looking after that person and it's natural to for your fuse to shorten at times so a do not beat yourself up um get help talk to people and this is the one thing i found hard actually we've got a charity in the uk called dementia uk and they they provide um dementia nurses for families so they'll go around and they'll support the families um, there was none in our area because the, there was no funding for it. So any fundraising I do now is for Dementia UK to try and help that because I didn't have help and felt very on my own. Um, I went to some support groups. There are support groups out there. But I would just say, yeah, don't beat yourself up about it. And, you know, dementia isn't the end of the world. Um, I've, you know, I found some good daycare and sometimes I go along with mum and we go on these trips and we do things. They, they they took her swimming once. I went with them. You know, we had some laughs. We had some fun. Um, it's not the end of the world, but it is a tough journey. 
I think that's really good advice. I'd just add one thing to that, and that is if you are caring for someone, whether it's dementia or something else, be mindful of self-care because you don't look after somebody else if you're ill. And, you know, caring for yourself, not just physically, but mentally Mm. and doing things that will fill your battery up as well. Yeah. And, and you know, people used to say to me, because I can look back at it now, people say to me, you've got to look after yourself. But I didn't really know how. They say, you've got to look after yourself. I, I heard that so many times. But I used to think, how? How do I do that? So now I'm not in that zone. I can say, yes, that's what I should have done. Maybe gone out for a walk, done my exercise. That's that's feed yourself properly. But when you're in it, it's so hard to see that. Yeah. When mums look after yourself, you think... How how am I going to do that? Sadly, we're at the end of the show. But before mm-hmm. we go, Sally, where can people find you? Uh, my website, sallyparkinson.co.uk. Um, I've got a Facebook page, which is Sally Parkinson Photography. And I'm also on Instagram. Brilliant. It just remains for me to say to you a huge thank you for joining me today. It's a real pleasure. I really value your friendship. And I look forward to seeing you. I think it's next week. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much for joining me on the show as listeners please join me on the next show if you want to work with me or let me know what you think then email me at gina at ginagardnerandfriends.com and I look forward to hearing from you take care we'll be with you in the next show thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends the show that helps you live a happier more successful and fulfilling life to learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.